0: Hey there, restaurant pros, it's Dave Scott Peters and welcome to episode 23 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003 and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom from your restaurant and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today's topic centers around the continuing crisis of not having enough people applying to work at your restaurant. In this episode, we're going to talk about what the causes are for this labor shortage and what you can do about becoming an employer of choice to never let it happen again for you and your restaurant. Let's get started. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is being brought to you by Repeat Returns. If you're a restaurant owner of a medium to high volume independent restaurant, multi-unit or franchise operator, and you're looking for a proven and realistic solution to attract, grow and retain customers, then you need to visit Repeat Returns. Repeat Returns is a modern marketing platform created by a restaurant owner for restaurant owners. It studies each customer's habits and patterns, predicts the most profitable outcome for your restaurant every single day and deploys the marketing to make that happen you'll never lift a finger to see if repeat returns is right for you visit repeatreturns.com forward dsp i wanted to address the major challenge the hospitality industry is experiencing here in the united states as the states are opening back up and restaurants are experiencing huge sales increases that challenge is We can't find people to hire and are extremely short-staffed. This creates way more problems for restaurants than just being short-staffed. It means owners are still working in the business since COVID-19 business restrictions went into place back in March of 2020. Like, I want you to work on your business, not in it. And so now when we got into the COVID business restrictions, we started cutting our our staffs. We reduced our management team. We reduced our number of employees. We were to go only, delivery, whatever it may be. We learned how to operate more efficiently, but it also meant in order to survive, many restaurant owners had to get back into the trenches, work a line position in order to make, really save their businesses. Now it also means we're still short-staffed right? Causing managers to be overworked and short-tempered. Because as we only have so many employees and we start scheduling them over and over again, and we're feeling the pressure, we as management start to bark at our employees. We start to get tired and so on. It means line employees are tired. I mean, think about it. As a cook, they're regularly scheduled over time now, right? So many of us are so short-staffed that over time, is almost a guarantee, but to a point in time where we work so many hours in overtime that even though the money's fantastic for a line cook, man, there's only so many hours we can work in a row that we start to get really resentful for showing up to work. Front of house employees, there's not much difference. See, normally a front of house employee, Like in a full service restaurant, a server, once, if you could walk in as a server and not do side work, work your shift, make money, and leave before the, and not have to do any side work, man, that's what, that is a server's dream. But instead, they're now approaching, first time in my career I've ever seen it, servers approaching 40, 40 plus hours of work, often in some places even more. Now, granted, They're kicking ass. I've got members who are their servers are making $500 a week, $600 a week, just crushing it. I've got other members that are making $500. They've got servers making $500 a shift, absolutely destroying the numbers I've seen. But the fact of the matter is this, whether it's you're making $500, $600 a week or $500, $600 in a day, when you start working all those hours, you get tired. This is not easy work. It is physically easy taxing let alone mentally and we'll talk about that see it means the number one reason line employees work in the restaurant industry is flexibility that's been taken away right because all of a sudden we're working these people over and over and over again because we only have so many so now they become a number somebody who can fill in a spot on a schedule it means our guests are becoming short-tempered because they're long ticket times and service levels have dropped off because we're just trying to survive the day so, our front of house team, right? Our team members, whether servers, busers, hosts, cashiers, and our managers, they're getting yelled at by our guests, right? The stereotypical Karen. There's more Karens out there today than ever. And they're berating our team. They're like, what the hell do I want to do this for? And all these add up, right? As, as these all add up, what do you get? What do you do? What do you do to get potential new hires? Because these new hires, potential new hires would rather get a job at say, Amazon, a fulfillment center, a warehouse job where they could earn up to $17 an hour, get a signing bonus plus benefits without all the negatives of working in the restaurant industry. See, some of that already happened when you trimmed down your staffs with COVID, they got out of the business and they're thinking, why do I want to come back? How did we get here? Well, compared to other industries, we generally have lower starting hourly wages. Now, it doesn't mean we're not paying well, depends on where you are, tip credit, not tip credit, where you have a tip pool, or you're paying above average. But the truth of the matter, as an industry in a whole, we've consistently paid less than most other jobs. They're bad managers or no managers at all. See, this is where, let's say we have no managers, the team members they they have to run the roost so we've got that one employee that like has got that powerful personality and people start to resent because they're doing more or they're stealing tables they're just more aggressive and maybe we throw more employees at it because we don't have supervision to make sure everything gets done which bleeds us at the labor clock but we also have people trying to manage each other as peers Or maybe we've got managers and because we don't have systems in place, we didn't give them training. Maybe that new rookie manager we anointed with that magic fairy wand and they treat people like shit because that's how they were treated. We kind of, like this self-fulfilling prophecy, we just keep treating people badly and we treat them badly because that's how we were treated and it just keeps going on and on and on. It comes because of long hours, long hours of hard work. Like I talk about how I don't belong in a kitchen. One of the reasons I don't want to work in a kitchen is there's, it's hot, there's no windows, there's no communication, it's often you know high pressure and you do that over and over and over again. Where as a server, I'm a bad server, I'm a great bartender, or at least I used to be. I'd be a good bar back for you right now. But the fact of the matter is this, carrying trays and clearing tables and moving really quickly and doing whatever I can, it's long, hard work. It's also because, well, we now have this new adversarial relationship with our guests. It started with mask mandates. I don't care what side of the fence you, you are and what you believe in and don't believe in. The fact of the matter is, we had regulations. Government said, wear a mask for health reasons, all these good intentions. But you had people who didn't believe in them and they fought you. We saw Over and over and over again, videos on the internet of the Karens of the world who were fighting line employees who were just doing their damn job. And those line employees are your line employees and they're tired of getting beat up. So to understand why this is affecting our industry so badly, I want to get academic with you for a minute and talk about Herzberg's motivation hygiene theory. Yeah, I said it. Herzberg motivation hygiene theory. Well, who is Herberg? Well, if you go on wikipedia.com, they say Fred, Frederick Irving Herzberg was an American psychologist who became one of the most influential names in business management. His 1968, I said it, 1968 publication, One More Time, How Do You Motivate Employees, has sold over 1.2 million reprints by 1987 and was the most requested article from the Harvard Business Review. So you get the picture. This is a sought out business principle. How do we motivate our people? The basic basic gist of Herzberg's Motivation Hygiene Theory, that is just a mouthful, isn't it? Herzberg's Motivation Hygiene Theory, make sure you look it up, is that there are two types of motivation. There's hygiene factors, otherwise known as maintenance factors, and motivation factors. Well, hygiene factors, what he says is if these factors are absent, if they're, if they're absent from your business, they're demotivators. So these are must, you must have these things in place. And it goes in and he talks about it's supervision, fair compensation, good working conditions, interpersonal relationships. These are must. When these things are gone, you've got demotivated people. Now he says there's motivation factors is the second piece. And when these are present, you will motivate your people. But there's an asterisk there having more of one of these things or all of these things doesn't motivate people more. So it's really important to understand that we just need to take care of them. And those are recognition, responsibility, achievement, advancement, and work itself. When you look at the challenges we face in the hospitality industry right now against Herzberg's theory, I think you can quickly see as an industry, we've got to change. The other big epiphany is there's no quick fix to this problem. There is no quick fix. I know you're out there searching on the internet. How do I fix this employee problem? How do I do it? How do I do it? There is no quick fix. But a part of that epiphany is that it can be fixed. If each restaurant works towards becoming an employer of choice. What is an employer of choice? It's a restaurant where everyone wants to work there. It's a restaurant where guests and friends ask team members who work in your business right now, if they like working there and they go on to gush over how they love working in this place. See, the opposite is true for too many of us. Hey, do you like working here? Oh my gosh, they don't pay me well. They overwork us. The managers are asses, blah, blah, blah. And you wonder why people don't want to work for you as that leeches out of your four walls and into the community on social media posts, on communication with people who ask, hey, do you like working there? And so on. And it becomes so difficult to change that that perception of your business. But there also has to be a reason, a root cause. Maybe we're not motivating our employees, right? In Herzberg's, we're demotivating. So becoming an employer of choice should be your ultimate goal and you need to understand it takes time. It takes time because you're changing your company culture to do so. And that's the major thing we've got to think about creating company culture. If you're a brand new restaurant, that's easy. Changing company culture. If you've been open five, six, 10, 20, 30, a hundred years, Imagine what that takes. That's like turning an aircraft carrier versus zipping, making a change, because we have to change how we all think, how we treat our guests, how we view the restaurant. And that takes time. And sometimes it takes changing people. So let me address each motivation hygiene factor Herzberg talks about and give you some ideas to get your mind started. By no means, I want to be clear, by no means do I have all the answers, nor am I saying this process will be easy. Changing company culture is one of the hardest things to do, but ultimately, it's well worth it. It's well worth the effort because the change is magical. So here we go. Herzberg, remember, talked about hygiene factors. When these are absent, they're demotivators. So the first one was supervision. Well, what does that mean? It means, number one, you've gotta have a system, a process, a system, a process, a way in place for everything that you do. Oh, that's the systems part of the business. But in order to make sure those systems work, supervision's got to be there. We've got to have supervisors. I like in a perfect world, which we don't live in, but if I have the money and I can put that budget together, I want a plain clothes manager on every shift. See, whether they're training as a manager in training, an MIT, a shift supervisor, whether they're a salaried manager, chef, GM, don't care what it is, there is a plainclothes manager on every shift because they ensure the process is working. See, the opposite is true, is when I throw money at it and I don't have money for managers, I actually bleed labor faster because everyone, I throw more in-line employees out there to make sure all the tasks get done. But nobody is paying attention, so everybody's bleeding the clock, We're not being efficient. Nobody's making sure table 22 got their drink order or that the check was dropped on time. We don't look in back of house and make sure the plates are coming out right and on time. Nobody's paying attention. So all of a sudden, our guests get a bad experience. And when they get a bad experience, can I talk to the manager? Oh, we don't have a manager working. And how that hurts your Yelp reviews and others. So the truth of the matter is, Great supervision ensures that everybody's working towards the same goal, following the same systems, giving the guest ultimately the best experience possible. It controls costs, whether it's labor or food or liquor costs. It ensures our steps of service are followed, that we create great memories. You must have good supervision. It is critical. Next, he talked about fair compensation. And now I want to be very clear about this. Listen to the words, fair compensation. That does not mean we've got to overpay. We've been talking about this on past podcasts, in my group coaching program, and on discovery calls when I talk to restaurant owners on a daily basis. And this major concern, hey, should I raise my wage? Now, I get it. First of all, as an industry, I said we, we probably underpay in many respects. And with $15 minimum wage starting on the coast and making their way in, you'll be at $15 at some point in time. It will happen. It's not a matter of if, it's when. But the truth of the matter is this. Let's say I'm in a a $7 minimum wage state. Do I go to $15 like that? No. Now if you are paying $7 and everybody else is paying $7 and that's fair compensation for your marketplace, then that's fair. By raising that wage, we don't necessarily attract more people or make people more motivated because I'm seeing that right now. I've got members who are in places where there's Indian casinos and they've gone to $25 an hour for line cooks. Like, what do you do? Well, you don't go up to $25 because there's only so many line cook jobs they have. Once they're filled, they're filled. So I don't need to knee-jerk reaction, and raise my wages to compete with some, some casino that has lots of money coming in very different than we do to compete. They will get their people who are motivated only by money. Maybe the work, the work environment in it is great, but that's what they get. I don't need to change if all the other restaurants are staying with me, let's say I'm a, a $15 an hour. Well, if I start seeing my competitors, everyone around me going to $16, $17 an hour. It's not just one or two restaurants. I'm like, it is the marketplace. Then you need to go. You need to bring, right? Bring your wages up to be competitive because it's fair compensation for your marketplace. Then we've got to go back to your budget and figure out how to pay for it. We may have to readjust our menu to lower our food costs, our poor costs, and make up for the rising labor costs, but it can be done. And I will make mention that it has been happening for years now on California and New York, Washington, right? These states have already been at $15 minimum wage, and these restaurants are still in operation. So it can be done. My concern for many of you is if you're in a state that has a very low minimum wage, that one day it's gonna ratchet up and double. That could crush our industry because we're not prepared. So what do we take away from this? Yes, fair compensation does not mean we outpace everyone around us, be fair. He talked about good working conditions and what does that mean? Well, it's, it's that piece of restaurant 101. Restaurant 101 is hot food, hot, cold food, cold, clean, safe work environment for the guest employees. Wow, customer service, incredible product. It's the clean, safe work environment for our employees, our team members. See, all too often, we don't pay attention to them. We make sure that our dining rooms are pristine and beautiful, and we make sure the guests, they notice nothing, no dead bugs, no dust, no grease, no nothing that we've put all this effort into checklists and making sure their experience is awesome. Yet I go in the back and everybody's opening up the door to the back dock with their ass hitting the, the push bar and their foot banging on the bottom of the door. And so there's these greasy boot marks from all the cooks that are on there and it's dirty and dented and awful. And we go into the employee bathroom that was in the, attached to the kitchen if you have one and it's a storage area and it's dirty and nobody cleans it. Everybody cleans out front but not it. We go to server alley and the bulletin boards look like nobody gives a rat's ass and you go through and you find one thing after another, after another. Is it clean? Is it safe? Do we care about our internal customers as much as we care about our external? So when you don't have good working additions, we demotivate. The flexible schedules. When we start to take away the ability for people to switch shifts and do all these things, because we're so short staffed then we start to take away the good working conditions. One of the major reasons why line employees work in the industry, flexibility. I've got members who have lived this to a point where they're getting back into line positions until they can hire properly, so they don't have to work their people to death, and others who are closing down one to two days a week to ensure people have two days off a week to make sure everybody is taken care of and can still have that flexibility. Good working conditions also bleed into positive work environment? Do I have that proper supervision that we feel like we're a part of something bigger, part of the team, we're getting treated well on a daily basis? Now, last but not least, it's those interpersonal relationships. Is management getting to know each team member and taking an interest in their lives? All too often, we find out that employees are leaving us because they've got a problem at home and it's news to us When they give us their notice, they give us our notice. They go, oh my gosh, we didn't know. Well, why don't we know? Are your managers getting to know each person? Finding out what's unique in each one of them, pushing their buttons, getting to know them to make them feel more connected with you and the business. See, since millennials and younger, our industry has changed. We can no longer treat people like a number and yell and scream and, and work them to death. See, as we continue, that doesn't work because they want to be a part of something bigger, a part of the community. Doing, know that they're, they're helping people, making a change, creating memories, something bigger than themselves. So if you don't take an interest in them, they don't feel appreciated. They won't stick around. Now, Herzberg goes into the motivation factors and says, number one, it starts off with that recognition. See, making sure your team members feel appreciated. And one of the best reads that I can tell you that are out today is I want you to get a book. I don't get a commission on it. I read the book, I use it in presentations now. It's called The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. It's by Gary Chapman and Paul White. And they go into this whole litany of that your employees don't have to like you. They have to feel appreciated. Like the number one reason why you lose people in your business so they don't feel appreciated. Again, it's not about liking you. It's feeling acknowledged for who they are and what they do. Now, they go through five different levels of of, of languages of appreciation. One of them being touch, which I'm going to tell you to stay away from other than high fives, fist, fist bumps, and a pat on the back. And even then, maybe not. And that's because of the world we live in. We don't want it misconstrued. But it's simple things... Like making sure you acknowledge people right in front of others individually in front of groups hey did you know stacy's been with me for 20 years she's the best server i've ever had to a table to where gary's done an incredible job as, as tonight i want to tell you what they did as you have a, a as a, a close out pre-shift of debriefing how the day went to individually pulling Jose aside and going, dude, you are awesome. You've done an incredible job today. And I want to thank you all the way through to helping them in so many different ways that they talk about in these five languages. Well, are you showing your employees that you appreciate them? Another motivation factor is responsibility. And here's the deal. It can be as simple as empowering your teams to make decisions on their own. Hey, you don't need to find a manager. If you know a guest is having a bad experience and you can take care of it, you have the ability to comp a dessert or to do this or to do that. Because as long as it fit with our core values, which we've taught you, and you show us, you understand you can do this on your own. It could be having the ability to give them more responsibility. See, not everybody wants to become a manager, but maybe somebody's worked for you 10 years and are a little bored and want to do something more. And we give them inventory. We give them the schedule. We give them helping you with checklists. And all of a sudden, they've got more value in that business, in in their job. He talks about achievement. Are you giving your team members the ability to do more than just walk the circle? That means starting somebody and saying, hey, you're a dishwasher. And it's a thankless job. And I talk about how my first jobs, jobs, plural, and at one point in time I worked two of them, one for my family, one for another independent family-run business. As a dishwasher, I hated being a dishwasher. Part of it was because I worked for my mom. But it can be a thankless job. You're in the dish pit getting your ass kicked. But it's one of the, I talk about one of the most, five most important positions that you have. Now, everybody's important. But on a busy night if a dishwasher isn't on their game you don't have pots and pans you don't have plates you don't have glassware you don't have silverware you can't take care of your guest this person is integral but it's thankless sometimes just getting your ass kicked and just it's wet it's hot it's go 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 well wouldn't it be nice to say hey you're as you learn to be the greatest dishwasher possible We'll then move you into learning how to prep. And from prep, we're going to learn how to do fry station and sandwiches and then saute and then grill and then expo. And all of a sudden, I see a career path that I don't stay as a minimum wage earner. I can improve my skill set and move up. It could be simple things as additional training. Hey, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to help you become a sommelier. I'm going to send you to a course to become a better manager. I'm going to help you get your. English as a second language certificate that you can learn how to speak English. It can be any of those things. He talks about advancement. Now, I do wanna say, everybody doesn't want to advance. Thank goodness, because as I talk about, it's one of the toughest things I had to learn as, as, as a manager in this industry. Not everybody wants to become a manager. Not everybody wants to become an owner. Not everybody wants to become a restaurant expert, a systems guy. It's okay. Thank God everybody doesn't want to be something more because we'd never have somebody who's willing to dig a ditch. And that's not a bad thing. Thank, thank goodness we have people who want to dig a ditch or we wouldn't have roads built. We wouldn't have fences dug or, or put up. We wouldn't have all these things done. We all provide value in this world, but we have different motivations. But those who do want to advance. Are we giving them the proper training to get the skill sets to move up? Are we showing team members how they can move up in the organization? Are we giving them a clear path? And last but not least, motivation, the final motivation piece is work itself. Are you finding ways to make the job more fulfilling? Even if it's a dishwasher, do they understand what they do for the guest that our mission, our why, is creating memories for our guest. And without you, the cooks couldn't do their job, the servers couldn't do their jobs, the bartenders couldn't do their jobs. We couldn't deliver that incredible dish, that incredible cocktail, that incredible experience that changes people's lives because they remember this. They met here, they got engaged here, and they come back year after year to celebrate their wedding here. They remember the promotion here. They remember the childhood memories of birthdays here and you as a dishwasher have everything to do with creating that memory. Can you make that job more fulfilling than walking the circle and just doing the tasks? See, restaurant owners, as the leader of your business, you can't blame outside factors for your staffing woes. Yes, we can talk about COVID, how it did this. We can talk about you know other things, but the truth of the matter is, You can't blame outside factors for your staffing woes. Yes, depending on when you're listening to this, to this podcast, the federal government may still be giving the unemployed an extra $300 for remaining unemployed. Yes, the backbone of our industry, women in the workforce have been stuck at home because their kids are attending school on a computer. Yes, there are people who are still afraid of COVID-19 so they remain out of the workforce. And finally, yes, when we let people go because we didn't have the sales to keep them working, they left the industry and don't want to come back. These are all truths. But do you know what? These outside factors will go away. They're going to go away. And I will guarantee you this. They'll be replaced by new ones. See, We've been bitching and moaning about finding good employees as long as I've been alive. The 30 years plus that I've been in this industry, we've always bitched and moan. Whether about generational issues, finding people, getting good people, training people, can't find people, have too many people, they all are bad. Whatever it is, I don't give a rat's ass. We always bitch and moan. Except for some of my members. See, finding and retaining good employees has always been the challenge in the hospitality industry. But instead of bitching and moaning about the outside factors you cannot control, start taking care of the things you can control and become an employer of choice. And you'll never worry about finding team members again. Heck, I've got members who have uh, an old elite members, good friend of mine, who has been open for almost, I think, 30 plus years now and has over a dozen team members have been with him 20 plus years. I've got another another member, a past member who is in Florida and as a steakhouse, they've been around for, I think it was 73 years. And they've got multiple, multiple numbers of employees that started with them at 16, are now in their 50s. And it's incredible to see. How is it that these people don't experience the shortage in team members, because they recruit people who match, match their core values. They train these people. They put supervisors in that everybody's treated the same, whether you're a new employee or a long-term employee. They make positive work environments. They pay fairly, right? You get the picture. This is not an overnight fix, but restaurant owners, it's within your control. So yes, you may have to raise your wages, but how do we do that? We put a budget together and find out how we're going to be able to afford that how quickly we can do that, what we're going to do to roll that out. But we've got to train people. We've got to put management in place. We need to put systems in place. We need to treat everybody the same in such a way that you are an employer of choice. So I feel your pain. I know you're struggling. This challenge will pass. The reality is this is not a quick fix. I know you're looking for it right now. You're feeling the pain right now. But the truth of the matter is this, this is probably a six month to a year journey because you've got to start internally, correct those things you can control. And eventually you become an employer of choice when more and more people ask your team, what's it like working here? Do you love it? Whatever it may be. And they say yes. And they start recruiting people like themselves because they want to work for you, with you and be a part of something bigger. So do me a favor, change your mindset. Stop focusing on what you can't start focusing on what you can create a plan for success to change things. Following Herzberg's motivation hygiene theory. You can do it because you are the leader your restaurant needs today. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I want to give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry for more restaurant resources, or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing, be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass. If you're tired of not being able to leave your restaurant because no one else knows how to run it, I want to make sure you know it doesn't have to be that way. You can leave your restaurant. It is possible to build a team of people who know how you want the restaurant to run with these trained and responsible people in place. You can give yourself time away. What would you do if you had time away from your restaurant? Would you sleep better? Would your relationships improve? Would you feel more relaxed? These are all things you deserve to experience as a business owner. It's why we own our own businesses. If you would like to learn how to own a restaurant that doesn't depend on you to be successful, click the link in the description to watch a free training course that teaches you exactly what you have to do. Also, be sure to subscribe to get my weekly tips and watch these two videos to get more information and guidance for running a successful restaurant.